two. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Tomatoito Boxing Show, and we're gonna put a close to this night. It is late, I think. Have we hit 11 o'clock yet, or no? Almost 10:30. 10:30 ish. Listen, to, listen to the background. Listen to that. What a hell of a showing by Jaime Munguia. Definitely deserves it. Round nine stoppage. The corner ends up waving the towel and the referee waves the action. This is deemed that it's way too much, done enough. Jaime Munguia remains unblemished and moves on to bigger and better paydays. If he's been calling for David Benavides or a Canelo showdown, this is exactly the performance he needed to put together. Not a questionable one like the one with Derichenko, even though there was an all-action fight, but there was a lot that left up to, to a lot of room for question in that fight. This is exactly a performance that he needed to put on. Dominant, dropped rider, how many times, Joe? Um, so, uh, let me see. He dropped him in round two. Uh, he dropped him, I think, in round three, but the referee did not call it. He, I thought he dropped him with a liver shot, but uh, the referee called it a slip. Uh, dropped him in round four. Dropped Ryder in round four with 10 seconds left in the round. Um, let's see. I, I think there were two more drops. Two more rounds, two more knockdowns in round nine but before the final stoppage. Um, two more, definitely in that last round. Yeah, yeah, he was headed for the third round, so yeah, in round nine. I think altogether he dropped them maybe five times, and we're just going live right now, obviously. We're just we're going straight live. There's Jaime Munguia talking. I got ready for this. I know that I will really, really hard for this. He showed it, he showed it very evident. He said that this is a result of his hard work. Jaime was starting to look a little uh, a little worn out as the fight went on, and he's talking about having done, having performed differently than his last outing, right? Not just coming out all action, but rather more composed. But we still saw a version of Jaime who threw a lot, right? Very, uh, very uh, assault-like. You know, I, I don't know uh, if I could, I should say that, that he is a new Jaime Mujia because let me tell you, I think part of the reason we love Jaime Mujia is. His fights are so exciting because you can make a highlight reel. You hear that Mexican crowd? You guys hear that crowd, how lively it is in here. But I'm ready. This fight was for my people of all of Mexico. Full-fledged 168-pounder. Uh, 
Very interesting. Uh, he didn't call out. He didn't call anybody out. He says there's nothing on the nothing on the table yet. No contracts on the table. No names mentioned. There you go. That was the question looming, right? Does he feel that he earned the shot to face Canelo Alvarez? Very, very humble, very humble in his answer, in which he says it would be an honor for him to share the ring with Saul Canelo Alvarez. performance by Jaime Munguia. Very solid performance on his behalf. Uh, this is a test that he needed, right? He needed to see, to be tested in this fashion with the more composed version of Jaime Munguia. Uh, as he said that he was, we, I still saw him balls to the wall type behind me, but Yes, he was more calculated as far as uh, as far as his attack and picking his shots, right? And he picked the correct shots at the correct times, and he managed to drop John Ryder a multitude of times. As I was saying before, I, I, I stopped or that my admit thought, but you are right; it was a test. But do I think that the test? Uh, do I think he was successful in the proof of test? He's successful in the in the way that he won his his, his bout. He's not successful, I think, in the way that. As I was saying, you could make a highlight reel just of people laying into Jaime Mujia's head. And yeah. man, does he take a spectacular punch. But that is not- I think not, he takes too many. Yeah, that's, exactly, that's what I'm saying. Is he's, he's, he's got an, a, an unblemished record, but man, does that kid take punches how many so, how much more of that can he handle though because, well, I, look, let me tell you if canelo if he lets canelo tee off on him like that it's going to be a different story 1000 percent what about a david benavides who's tall who's lanky and who loves to just throw he's a come forward fighter similar to mungia that seems to be a more legitimate fight that could be made than the canelo fight right i agree yes i, I don't think i think that people will see this matchmakers will see this uh, you know i just think i'm mungia like i said uh, in his last fight, his his weaknesses in defense were exposed, and this again. Uh, yes, he was a different fighter. Yes, he was picking his shots a little bit more. Yes, he was taking his time a little bit more. But I took notes throughout the fight. In between all of those moments, Jaime was taking tremendous shots from Ryder uh, on the inside, and. and you know, he, he was just taking the shots. You know, I made the comment to you, man, this guy could take a punch. He, I just think, I think that's what it is. How fitting that he ends up fighting Canelo's last opponent at 168 pounds in the city of one David Benavides just for basically for show to be able to say, hey, can he sell out? Because imagine if he put nearly 11,000 of the 18,000 at this arena, Imagine what he could do with David Benavides. This thing would be packed to the gills. 
So it was very ironic to me, or very curious to me, at least that detail that he's here in the city of one El Monstro David Benavides. It, listen, for John Ryder, yes, he is a solid test. He is an older fighter. I don't know what route John Ryder takes in his career from here on. Maybe one or two more fights. He's always going to be a tough test. But he's obviously, after these last two performances, he has cemented himself as a gatekeeper, per se, right? He's going to be that one tough test for the next up-and-coming challengers. Now, who else is at 168? Edgar Berlanga, who is often kind of protected, or at least, um, well, he's definitely protected, right, in the way that they're bringing him up. A John Ryder would give headaches to Berlanga, and we've already seen Edgar Berlanga succumb to pressures, especially in one of his fights, one of his previous fights, where he almost went, took an attempt at biting his opponent's ear. <laughs> like, if you're looking at Edgar Berlanga under pressure, he's going to succumb to that, right? This type of pressure that John Ryder poses would be a huge test for somebody like that. A Jaime Munguia Berlanga fight would be awesome, but I think Jaime Munguia would defeat Berlanga and possibly derail his career. Berlanga definitely needs to, uh, to put more work. What about a David Morrell? The Cuban fighter who's a WBA, has a version of the WBA title to Canelo's full version title. What about a test like that? Cuban pedigree boxing against a Jaime Munguia who's a come forward fighter. It's almost handing uh, David Morrell a fighter in, uh, on a platter, right? Someone with Cuban pedigree who's able to pick his shots perfectly and has good footwork when you have a machine coming at you. Then again, what's the counter to you? Exactly what you've been saying. This guy takes a mean shot and he could take them all night. David Morrell could pepper off on him and it's not going to mean anything because Munguia closes in that gap and and takes the damage to him. So who else is out there? You know, I really don't know. I, I think it's just a, a thing of uh, the matter of, he's an up and coming fighter. I think that- Wait, Is he really an up and coming fighter with 43 victories? How long can you keep preparing him? Well, that's what I mean. It's, I think when I say up and coming, I mean, there is gaps in his technique. There's gaps in his game, right? Uh, head movement, kind of non-existent. He kind of blocks with his face. Uh, I shouldn't say up and coming. I guess I mean more. There's gaps in his game that he's working out. Now he's with Freddie Roach. Maybe he's working on those things. Maybe he'll continue improving. Maybe his game will change a little bit more. Um, but I think there is a possibility for one of these fighters, a David Benavidez or a Canelo Alvarez, to say, hey, this guy has... You know, he has some talent, he has wins under his belt, this could be a good fight, and it could be a fight that may or may not be easy stylistically for them because they have the power, they have the, the speed, the accuracy to really put that Mungia defense, you know, absorbing all those shots to the test. I don't know. I don't know. It, 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 to me as a fan, obviously I would love to see any big name fight, but... I don't know uh, if that's something that is going to. So, I want to say, I want to say that this is the two obstacles that I'm looking at. The two obstacles that I'm looking at right now are going to be PBC, who still has a two two more fights left with Canelo. PBC has David Benavides. I don't see them working PBC and Al Heyman working with either Eddie Hearn or Golden Boy. It's happened in the past, but it's not likely that it's going to happen. Uh, 
who, who else is there at 168 that they could offer Jaime Munguia? It's really slim pickings right now. There is up and coming fighters, but really, I don't see either one of those two fights happening. I think David Benavides is in the Canelo sweepstakes waiting for that. And Canelo, the report so far, early reports, seem that he's going to fight the other Charlo. He fought Jermel in September, now he's going to fight Jermel. Again, Jermel's bouncing between divisions because he still has a stranglehold over the 160, the middleweight WBC title that he has not defended. And now he's going to, and he fought at a catchweight against Benavidez's brother. Now he's going to fight Canelo at 168. Think about it. We're, we're going back and forth. So it's almost like slim pickings because the men who should be fighting, the ones who are the ones to fight, are not fighting one another and that's that's the issue that we're running into here so i don't know where jaime munguia goes from here with this type of performance but i do know that he's very marketable just based on what he did today um man i mean the sky's the limit for him right i just don't know how much more they're gonna prepare him i don't think those kinks are gonna be ironed out in his armor anymore i think this is it and this is gonna be jaime munguia going forward and this is what put asses in seats right this is what brings people and attracts people to come see him yeah, I mean, I think his style is an exciting style because he he takes and he gives, he gives and he takes. Which it's the Mexican style, what everybody's a quote unquote Mexican style, right? Yeah. So I, I agree with you, but like we said earlier in the broadcast or in our in our uh, podcast, uh, the world of boxing is changing. The promotions are are mixing it up. I think that exactly you hit it on the nail. It is about marketability. There are so many other things out there. Bare knuckle fighting, UFC, uh, kickboxing, pro wrestling, whatever you want. There's there's so much out there that I don't think, uh, I don't think, I think that more and more these promotions are starting to, to realize they need to make the big fights because yeah. people can go somewhere else for a big fight. And we've seen it in the last couple of years, especially in Saudi Arabia, where they're to they're throwing money like crazy at the fighters. And look at the, the big events that they've been able to put together, right? It was reported earlier this week that it looks like June we're finally going to see the Dimitri Bebo Arthur, Arthur better be a uh, unification bout. So if that happens, that's a huge fight to make, right? Other than that, the attention has gone to the lower divisions. But as far as this division right here, Canelo basically cemented himself as the king of that division. And everybody else is just fighting themselves for to, to position themselves for a big showdown against them. David Benavidez seems to be that person, and this is his city. Can they make a fight with David Benavides and Jaime Munguia? That would be an ideal one, right? A big Mexican showdown, Mexican versus Mexican-American, similar to what we witnessed with De La Hoya Chavez, what we witnessed with Michael Carvajal and Chiquita Gonzalez, Mexican versus Mexican-American. Jaime Munguia and Canelo would be a Mexican versus Mexican showdown, and I just don't know if it's gonna happen. It would sell, I just don't know what's gonna happen. One thing's for sure, John Ryder, as solid of a fighter as you could ever ask for, as you could ever get, and he has all heart, all spirit, and continues to get up, and he would have gotten up again. He would have gotten up if they don't throw the towel. He's just too valiant, too too much valor for his own good. Yeah, I agree. I mean, a lot of them, most of the knockdowns were flash knockdowns, like we mentioned. They happened in the middle of exchanges. I think they were catching uh, Ryder at the perfect time, obviously, but... That last knockdown was definitely not round nine. It was very different. Mungia caught Ryder with a very clean shot. Definitely wobbled him. His legs were definitely feeling it. You, you saw he followed up with a body shot, head shot combination right after, and he went down again. So yeah, I agree with you. Uh, I think he's a very so what solid do, fighter. What do you see, Jaime Mungia going from here? What do you What do you think uh, of 
a unification belt because he's obviously he has a version of the WBC title now at 168. The only the only way from there is up, right? Which is Canelo. He holds a full version to it. The interim champ at the WBC is David Benavidez. WBA version, a uh, small version champ is David Morrell. Uh, everybody else is just slim pickings. There is one fighter, a Cuban fighter, Nosliz Iglesias, who holds an IBO title, and I've talked about it in the past episodes. Lesser known fighter, not as marketable yet, but he holds a, another version in that weight class. Eliminate him, get rid of him, go fight a David Morrell, and leave to no question. That would be my plan for Mungia. Eliminate the other guys to where the big showdown at the end of the year or early next year would be you and Benavides. If that fight with Benavides and Canelo hasn't happened yet, and then it leaves to no question that you and Canelo need to get it on. Canelo's got maybe two fights, maybe three left, and he's going to call it a day. He doesn't need these fights anymore. He's, he's way past this. He doesn't need these fights. People need the fights with him. This guy needs another big showdown and another great showcase like this to be able to say, I'm here, and I don't need you either. And if it happens, it's going to be a mega fight. Munguia's still a couple fights away, but we know one thing's for sure. After tonight's attendance, he could sell. He could definitely sell, and they could definitely push a huge show and a huge match, matchmaking uh, promotion behind him. He has the name now. Oh, yeah, I agree. I think you hit the nail on the head. Uh, I, I think uh, it is marketability, I, and like you said, I think that maybe him having a title eliminator, uh, making himself basically uh, unmissable, right? I don't, know how to, I don't know how to phrase it properly, but a title eliminator where there is no one but Mungia left, that is probably his easiest path to one of these big-name fights, like you're saying, these big-ticket fights. But, I mean, uh, only time will tell if that's going to be a possibility for us in the future. Yeah, only time will tell. So with that, we leave you guys the Footprint Center in Phoenix, Arizona, once again, just a month apart from the last time that you guys heard me being out here in Phoenix between Bam and Sunny. And listen, what a great, what a great time it was. What a great night. Thank you all for all the love, for the continued support, and, uh, and we'll check out. Have yourselves a, a safe night. If you guys were out here, don't party too hard. And if you do run into me or Joe, listen, we're always up for a good drink, for a shot. We'll talk a little <laughs> boxing. And, uh, and don't hesitate to throw a couple drinks my way. So with all that said, Tech Hallie out. Joe, thank you so much for joining me. We put, I don't know how many episodes out today, but it was a pleasure to have shared a mic with you. And uh, listen. Tomatolito show doing big things and we're going to continue where we left off in 2023 and we're going to continue pushing this year this calendar year forward so let's see if we could get ourselves into some bigger events and uh and start bringing some better content to you guys so take care of yourselves have a great night joe i'll let you close it out thank you everyone for tuning in we appreciate it thank you guys for making all this possible it, it, this has been one of the best experiences of my life and uh you know thank you Kelly, for bringing me in on this um, yeah, uh, have a good night, guys. Enjoy yourselves, love your families, and uh, catch you guys in the next one. Well, salud, mi gente. Have a good night. <laughs>